Hello, hello, beautiful people. Uh, I'm very excited to actually bring this guest on the show. Before that, welcome to Decoded by Threado, our new show. We re- renovated like recently after like, you know, uh, involving a lot of support leaders, support experts. And today I actually have a special guest, which uh, going to, going back to the roots of community building, uh, as well as covering the aspects of customer success, customer support. Jeff Brassenberg, welcome to the show. How are you feeling, Jeff? Uh, I'm feeling great. You know, I feel like this has been um, a long time coming. We've had to we've had to move this for uh, for our children. We've had to move it for family things, for work things. So I know. I'm excited that we're uh, we're finally doing this. Uh, I'm excited to talk. I think. Um, I've seen you do this show and, you know, it's, um, it's always exciting for me to be a guest after hosting my own show. And so, um, I like oh, being on this nice. side. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. How, how, how are you feeling on the other side? Like, you know, answering, <laughs> it feels, you know, side. yeah, slightly different, a little less, um, you know, I don't have to, uh, maybe fret as much over the questions that we're going to ask and kind of the direction, right. um, you know, I, I left that to you, but. Um, you know, it's always, it's always nice. Um, I think it's sometimes difficult, you know, for people to talk about their experiences and feel like, mm. uh, they have a voice and they're an expert and sure. they've done these things. So, uh, I'm excited to, you know, flex that muscle of my own a little bit more. And, um, I'm excited Absolutely. to talk today. I think you've got some good topics teed up. Absolutely. Yeah. I I've, I've done my research and for folks who doesn't know Jeff, Here's a small brief intro. Jeff did many things. You know, I can I can go for like the next 20 minutes just talking about the things Jeff shared on LinkedIn or like, you know, his experience and whatnot to just be precise. He's fundamentally, uh, uh, I think the, the thing that really excited me when I reached out to you is because I saw two different worlds. One is a world where we always talk about community building, community building. And we all, the other world is we always like, you know, kind of talk about customer success, how to elevate it, how to scale these teams and whatnot. And when I stumbled upon you, I'm like, this is the perfect guy. Let me talk, let me bring him on the show so that I can talk about community building as well as, you know, uh, cover customer success. So he's a, he's an expert in both worlds and he's the director of marketing at higher logic, uh, you know, community management platform, uh, and he did, he did uh, as, uh, you know, previously uh, as a director of customer success at Higher Logic as well. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of exciting, excited to like, you know, bring, bring you on the show. Right off the bat, I want to uh, touch on the tagline you had on your LinkedIn, which is scaling customer success through community. Talk to me about both worlds, like how do they blend each other and where do you... Uh, when did you find it like as a, as a weapon to like use, use community to scale customer success, customer success to rely on community? Yeah, I think the interesting part about customer success and software companies is we've really grown up in a way of one-to-one relationships, one-to-one interaction. That's been just the, the method, right? And it's surely based out of, you know, that, is how we grew our teams. We thought, hey, mm-hmm. if I have more accounts, I need to add more CSMs. And that was the kind of the motion. Right. And so, um, you know, I had done a bunch of consulting work and through that consulting work, uh, we had looked kind of behind the scenes at 60 different companies, B2B SaaS mm. companies. Wow. And so I think that's where I got my first kind of taste of, you know, there isn't, uh, there's not going to be a scalable way to just keep adding the same position 
um, as you grow accounts. And so right. I think that's where I first started to see it. And it was this idea of how do you introduce other roles that um, would enhance that customer success or customer experience um, mm -hmm. and slightly give us, um, you know, a different skill set to, um, to kind of flex with the customers. And so I think that's where I first saw it. And then, you know, as we got into higher logic um, and, you know, as we grew our own community of Gangrotain and then got to higher logic, it became more clear that community was a way for customer success teams to really buy into that. Um, mm. So, you know, I think now that there's this um, kind of groundswell that's happening where I think B2B SaaS companies have recognized that communities can be um, sure. a good multiplier for them. So uh, it can help with marketing and sales. It can help with customer success. It can help with support mm -hmm. and maybe product. Um, and so, mm -hmm. you know, you've got kind of good outcomes that this can help you achieve across the business. Um, mm -hmm. And you don't have to do it by just continually adding headcount um, in order to do that. So I think um, kind of sharpened some ideas recently, but you know, I think it, I think the tagline or just that, you know, trying to hone in on scaled customer success was mm. um, almost because I think people have um, kind of put it into a, a, a misnomer in the past. Mm. So it was really, I think, in the past treated as scaled customer success or digital customer success was um, just automation rules and emails mm. and triggers going out. Right. Um, and I, yeah. that's I kind of want to reverse that thinking or conversation because. Scaled mm. customer success doesn't mean you just send automations and emails. Uh, there is a new way to do scaled customer success, which is through community, which is still right. very human driven, very mm -hmm. relationship driven, but it's mm -hmm. just not a relationship with your CSM having one-on-one -on -one meetings all the time. It's mm. um, through six degrees of separation. It's through connecting with your customers. It's through connecting partners with them. So yeah. um, anyways, I think that's just where, uh, you know, it's, Kind of born from and then um, i think we've just seen it manifest in several several of our customers where it's it's pretty exciting to see how that can be the future yeah. let's unpack that a little bit first of all i you know that's spot on right like uh i think you 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 come with the right intention when you talk about community and use it as a leverage or a lever to enhance elevate uh, a lot of things like you said sales product you know and now customer success so the world where I come in, I, I kind of did customer success or, you know, support in a way using community, but not to an extent where you are talking about, but predominantly what we did, uh, I, I've been in this community building business uh, in the last, you know, since five years. So, yeah. and where we used community as a, as a weapon is to bring or delete or build the bridge between product teams and customers, right? Yeah. Like how can we understand relationship with them, provide value and in return, really listen to what they want. At the end of the day, that's where like, you know, the, the needle moves, right? So product building and eventually where I, I kind of involve myself is to like, how can I actually bring a set of like-minded people? just for fun, right? Yeah. Like for fun, nothing to do with business intentions, which will, we, we always have, but how can we like, you know, uh, bring in where they can talk to each other, not like, yeah. you know, a leader talking to a builder, talking to others, but do initiatives in a way that they kind of find friends, right? Yeah. And now I see this 
you know this other angle which you're introducing which is how can we deliver you know great customer experience right so let's unpack that a little bit more i've i, I think for me i've done many things uh in community like hosting initiatives doing this podcast is one of them yeah uh doing ama sessions and you know fireside chats like events heavily rely on events as well as merch content like so many things but talk to me about the 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 frameworks you use uh, how to elevate great customer success or experience or support through community what are some things that you did in higher logic that you want to share with us yeah so i think of a um so when you think about delivering great customer success um what that means to me is you know we've built a great product we've sold mm-hmm. it to the right person uh, sold it and marketed it, marketed it and sold it. However you want to think about that. Um, mm-hmm. We've onboarded them. We've uh, helped them achieve, you know, some sort of uh, numeric value or metrical, you know, value that we can measure. Uh, we help support them when they have something wrong. We, we, you know, we hear their feedback, right? It's a full team effort when, when you really deliver customer success. So when I think of um, a customer success community or a success community, as we would call it, um, I think it, it spans multiple categories. So I think about um, there's kind of five areas that we look at and say, okay, over time, not just at the very beginning, we don't, you know, it's it's too hard for us to go after all five at the very beginning. But over time, we want our customers to kind of layer in um, these types of communities or these spaces within their communities to help deliver a great uh, outcome and customer success. So mm-hmm. um, naturally, the first kind of two areas you've already mentioned or stand out, but one is product. So mm-hmm. um, how do we get you know, ideation or product ideas into the community? How do we get our product teams um, Mm -hmm. commenting on those ideas, kind of taking them in, um, you know, figuring out which ones are we going to do, which ones are we not, and then kind of relaying that back to customers. Um, So that's kind of the first one. The second one is around support. So Mm -hmm. generally, um, a lot of companies find it as uh, a helpful way for kind of to support deflection or reducing support cost is, um, can I get my customer into a community to um, either get their question answered by one of our team members or uh, answered by a peer, or even can we um, direct them mm-hmm. to an article that's already written? You know, we have integrations to knowledge bases. So that's kind of like the, those are the first two. And I think those are um, pretty obvious. Like, I think those mm-hmm. are um, things that um, happen very frequently um, for those. So the third is around customer enablement. So mm-hmm. thinking about kind of that, um, early part of onboarding, but getting somebody into a community in that early stage when they're new, they're fresh, they're trying to see how others have done things. What better way than to introduce them into a community where they can see how people mm-hmm. have been doing things, the other types of questions people ask, um, best practices, you know, access to other resources. So it's kind of the mm-hmm. third is this enablement onboarding type of um, community. Um, the fourth is advocacy. So mm-hmm. um, how do we like you mentioned this earlier, and I love the way you phrased it, which was um, you want to build bridges with your customers, you know, mm-hmm. in many ways that you can. Um, mm-hmm. And that doesn't just mean that the CSM is, is the holder of that one bridge and that's the one relationship mm-hmm. we have. So mm-hmm. if you if you bring them into a community, um, now we've got multiple people from our side, maybe interacting with them. They see they okay. see product, they see support, they say CS, they see our executive team. So now mm-hmm. we've got multiple bridges happening. Um, we're, we're kind of pulling them closer to us. And so now they feel um, like they're part of our organization, you know, to some degree, they're kind of an extension. So that advocacy part starts to become real. They want to talk about us by themselves. 
Um, and then the last of this is this community of peers. So uh, similar to what you mentioned as well, you know, the, that last community is really, how can we just bring people together to talk? They're in the same roles. They're doing similar jobs. Um, you know, I think sometimes as companies, we get lost in this idea that we need to always be the experts in the room. We need to always be the one who has the value or the um, kind of the key points. And I think if you were able to take a step back and say, hey, it'd be really great if I could bring together five, 10, 15 customers together, let them talk, share, um, sure. you start to find that those customers relate so well to one another. They speak mm -hmm. each other's language very naturally. They know um, inherently the challenges that each are going through. And just there is right. like a difference there than if you were saying the same things. So mm. that community of peers is kind of the last one. So uh, in summary, I think we see five, which is um, product support, mm -hmm. customer enablement, um, advocacy, and then community of peers. And so um, mm. again, we don't, uh, you can't really achieve all five right when you launch your community, but you kind of pick sure. one of those areas and then you kind of nail that one after a period of time, then you kind of keep moving. And, and really I think about it as like you build um, kind of mechanisms or spaces inside of your community to help achieve those things um, as you go. I love that. I love the the five layers uh, you just explained. Where should where should one start? Like uh, if you if you want to advise, so the 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 question is a little tricky uh, because a you know a founder or you know, a head of support or head of marketing or head of community, they are the ones who actually probably like, you know, should, should start with an intention. It should come from top down. That's where that's always I, something they believe in a, in a business where if you want to do community right, you have to take bottoms up approach from people, but intention should be top down. Like there should be a clear cut intention Hey, this is why we are doing this, and that intention should actually pass throughout the team. So uh, that's why it's kind of tricky. But if if you were to advise people, uh, where should they start in these five layers? Where do where do they start? A and if they started somewhere to see success, which layer do you think you would you would advise? Yeah, I'll give you kind of two answers. I think the first answer is. Um, I think the place to start is to go ask your customers. So talk to five, 10 customers, just in mm. one to one, you know, Hey, we are going to start a community initiative. Um, we mm. really want to build a space that's going to help you and other customers. You know, what, what would you like to see out of the community? Where are you struggling most? Um, mm. And generally that's going to be a good mechanism for you to get some of that early feedback, right? Are they saying, Oh, I'm having trouble. You know, uh, I'm having trouble. I, I really don't know where the product's going or, Hey, I'm having trouble. Um, support, you know, we get some mm. good answers, but I'm also looking for what other people are doing. Um, mm. So you're going to get something from that. So mm. that's kind of the one lens to look through. The other then is to go internally to the business. Um, like you said, because there's always got to be kind of a, you know, if we're going to do something uh, as much as I would love to say, we, you know, we're altruistic and we want to do everything for our customers. We also have a business side. So we need to, so kind of go ask internally, like, or, you know, are we struggling in any kind of customer experience areas, you know, is our, mm. Do we have a lot of support tickets? Do we, um, are we, are we looking for inspiration for the product? Do we need some feedback? Um, you know, are they struggling? Mm -hmm. Are we getting onboarding, right? There's kind of some metrics internally that you can kind of tell. And generally, I think there's probably going to be an overlap of where those two things come, where you hear what customers are talking about and then you hear what your business needs. 
and you can mm -hmm. kind of find one or one or two of those areas to start with. So that's mm -hmm. kind of the first answer. Um, the second answer is, um, you know, I think generally when you're looking to start a community, um, I don't think you have to do too much, right? Like sometimes even before you have to buy a platform like ours at Higher Logic or like before you really have to, to spend dollars, you can start doing some community activities. You've mentioned some already, right? You, you can bring customers to a call. You can do a podcast. You can kind of do things that are what I think of as like communal. Um, mm. And that also could be a good start, right? You don't have to, um, you don't really have to go through a big kind of software buying process for those things. You don't have to think about, um, you know, uh, kind of how you fit that into the org and, you know, standing up a big team around it um, or an initiative around it. So um, we always like to tell our customers too, um, even just starting with a phone call, like you said, invite five, 10, 15 customers to something like that. Um, right. And just, you know, pick a topic or something, you know, do it once a week, once a month, once every other week, something. Um, but just get into a rhythm of something like that. And generally what you start to find is even in those types of conversations as well, customers will kind of start to pull out community from you. They're kind of like, okay, I, I like mm -hmm. these calls. Like, you know, hey, when, where can I talk to these, these people, you know, when we're not on these calls? And, um, mm -hmm. or, you know, how do we, how do we kind of consolidate these insights that we're hearing and sharing? So, um, I think also just figuring out how to start really simple and small mm -hmm. and kind of grow from there. Um, you know, too often, I think companies get caught up in um, kind of building business plans and project yeah. plans. And I think there's just in some cases like, hey, um, there's a framework that I really like that um, I hear a lot and I, I use quite often, which is um, there's kind of a there's different versions of an idea. And so. Right. Um, there's a one year version, which means this, this is going to take me a year to really pull off. There's like right. a one month version, mm -hmm. which is like, okay, it's going to take me a month to get all these things together. Um, uh, there's a one day version and then there's a one hour <laughs> version. And so, right. um, like you can't that. always go down to the one hour version, but in some cases I do like, what's the one hour version is I send an email to five to 10 customers. It takes me an hour. I invite them to a mm -hmm. call and we see what happens from there. So I just think, you know, trying to trying to break it down into something very simple and, and um, approachable is oftentimes going to help too. I like it a lot. I probably I'm going to steal that from you, Jeff. <laughs> I stole it I like from somebody that. else. So, you know, it keeps, yeah. it's a gift that keeps on giving. I know. I know. I think it applies for community building, content creation. You know, it applies to like everything, right? Like you, you envision a one-year version, you know, I would say like a 10-year version, you know, to be ambitious. Yeah to a one-year version, which is kind of also like a long shot, to a one-month version, which is doable, but a one-day version, very doable. Yeah. One-hour version is like, damn, that's where I think we should all start, right? Like, yeah. I love that. I love that a lot. Uh, the way I think I, I suggest, you know, people to, people when they start community building is same way, like, you know, uh, just to piggyback on your point, people should start thinking community like the, if they want to bring people and they want to invest they should invest in a way that it they're in, they're doing low effort with maximum impact how can they do or figure out ways that that are not like your your version it's, it should be one hour versions in, yeah. in terms of inputs but the impact should be like you know maximum like how can we figure it out i think that's the trickiest part when it comes to you know yeah, yeah. starting starting a community yeah uh, i would yeah i would agree with that right and i think um 
again, I think sometimes too, the, the, um, idea of scaling or like saying the word scale, people automatically think of something that is impersonal. It's mm-hmm. automated or tech touch or digital. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. I just think that, you know, when you think about community, the whole heart or, um, the whole reason of community is to really bring people together. It's really mm-hmm. to introduce people to one another. It's to make a connection. And so mm-hmm. I just think that there is this, um, I think there's something great about it that SaaS companies should really lean into, which is, we need to scale as a business. That's the business outcome we need to do because we need right. to create margin and we need to make sure we're profitable and all these things. Mm. Um, but we also don't want our customers to go through um, a poor experience. We want them to be connected. We want them to feel connected to other people, um, other users. And so what you know, what fits right in between those two things that helps us achieve both those things, it's community. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. um, there is just this groundswell that we're seeing and hearing from these CS leaders of, um, you know, just how much sense it makes as long as we can fit it kind of in the, in their tech ecosystem, right? Like it's gotta be kind of interconnected to all these other parts. Right. So talk to me about, uh, a CX leaders mentality when it comes to community. So in one of the five layers, you mentioned support as, you know, as a community, right. And what I keep on hearing from others or read like, you know, articles and whatnot, most of the customer success uh is on point meaning you there are like two ways uh which is like more inbound you know someone has a trouble or or an issue reach out to a customer success team and you basically you know solve it that's it and there is the other thing is you know more proactive you reach out uh, hey these are the things that makes your workflows better if it if it is a product or whatnot right so the, in both two ways community plays a role uh in to your point so how can cx leaders uh or support leaders they what are the skills they need to hone on when it comes to when they do community as a or leverage community right yeah. it shouldn't be like one touch and that's it community building is a lengthy long tedious process like you have to be in touch with them consistently and talk human more than a machine right so you yeah would love to like understand you know your view of skills that cx support leaders to rely on when they do community yeah i think of um as you're asking the question i think of three things maybe so um, I think you have to have, or show, you, you need to have people that, um, are okay being authentic and showing their personality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think again, we've kind of lost a sense of that in B2B SaaS over the years. And I think it's starting to come back where, you know, mm-hmm. um, we can show some personality. We can show some of our authenticity. We want people, right? Like you, just like you mentioned, we're connecting with other people. Like we want them to be themselves. We want people to... Mm-hmm feel like themselves at work. And so um, I think that needs to kind of be a part of how you roll out a community or you think about who's going to be involved in it. Um, you mm. want people that are going to um, be doing those things naturally. You know, I think the the second is you, um, I think you, you want to look for people who, um, who enjoy being communal is like the word I think about, but you, you know, mm. um, there are, I think there's naturally people that you can, talk to, um, 
that you uh, meet one or two times and you you get this feeling, right? You kind of get the sense of um, that they're welcoming, they're warm, they um, are curious about your opinion. They're asking you questions. You're asking them questions. Like you just want to find, um, I think, somebody who um, can play in that space that is um, kind of having some of those aspects. Um, and then the third is I think you want to find somebody who um, thinks about how to bring people back to experiences, right? So um, like you mentioned, community isn't just a, usually it's not a one and done, right? It's usually not, hey, there's one interaction and then people leave. You're always trying to find, how can I bring people back? What are types of value that we offer in the community? And so if you can find somebody who is thinking in that manner, kind of thinking about um, what what are valuable pieces that I can kind of encourage people to come back to, um, and how do I build more of those? How do I build those types of experiences? So those are like three things that I think of, um, mm-hmm. you know, when when looking for people who um, can contribute to the community or be involved in the community project or even might be the community manager themselves. You know, there's mm-hmm. roles that are out there now that um, we see on on customer teams that are um, kind of scaled customer success roles or they might be a community mm-hmm. manager role or uh, customer marketing role. So there's definitely roles that you're starting to see added to customer teams that are um, specific to this idea of kind of scaled touch points and community. And so I think those are kind of three things that I think about. Um, Mm. But I'm curious if you've, if you think of anything different, you know, you've, you've built communities, you've seen people uh, kind of in this space, what, what kind of stands out to you? I think, uh, yeah, completely. I think I want to piggyback on authenticity. I feel uh, when you are really human, uh, authenticity opens up gates to be empathetic, right? Like when you yeah. do talk to someone who's frustrated with a problem or stuck with some issue, uh, providing solution, it can be, there are different ways to solve that problem for that human being. I think the best way is to really connect with them. Uh, I think we can, it's easy to say, hey, hey, I hear you. I think I hear you can be like very machinistic in my opinion. Uh, yeah. it should be like, man, like be very human. Like I recently had the same problem, like, you know, or I went to the same thing, right? Like acknowledgement should be a, a thing, but with the human touch to your point, authenticity plays a massive role there. I think, uh, to, to add the, you know, on, on the three qualities you mentioned, I think it's really important to like, be very patient, you know? Yeah and uh talk to people in a way that that's not one and done like and customer success i feel leaders cx leaders should proactively like reach out to like hey how are you feeling today happy friday uh so these conversations generally happen in community right like you don't have to have an agenda per se that's my point the the point i want to get there is just talk to people without having an agenda. Try try that route. That way, next time when someone face an issue, they see you being not just a support person, more of like a friend. Oh, let me actually share this with you, right? Yeah. So I think CX leaders should do initiatives that are more proactive, that are more welcoming. We are here for you, and it require it it actually compounds more towards the brand as well and the greatest brands in the history of humanity are human fundamentally are people right they are not entities they are really 
like human beings talking to each other right so i think uh, really being patient in talking in a very empathetic way like truly empathetic not faking it like using templates or ai <laughs> yeah yeah it's like hey use use really like words how you used to a friend like hey man you know what's going on so i think it people think that being informal is kind of brand uh it destroys brand i completely disagree being informal to a certain extent i i'm you know yeah, yeah. i would <laughs> i wouldn't uh, suggest people to use words that are not safe for work but definitely you know have that vibe have that wavelength match yeah. to people i think that yeah, that, that 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 those are some things i would add to your three set set of skills yes yeah. just to just to add on to yours too like one one other thing to think about right is um you know how do you see kind of b2c companies going to market these days right like mm-hmm. how do you see them kind of trying to um sell their products and get involved as a lot through influencers or through mm-hmm. you know social sure. media through like and and why are they doing that because that's where the connection is to the person like you were saying right like it's um i go now i'm looking at um you know um a guy that i like who um you know, maybe is like a golf enthusiast because I love to golf and now I follow him on, on Instagram. And, um, mm-hmm. now I see products that he uses and now I'm interested in buying something because I see him use it on videos mm-hmm. and I see him talk about it. Right. And now I'm interested in buying it. And so, mm-hmm. um, I think you're starting to see going back to your point, like you're starting to see how B2B brands are thinking about that. Right. So there's this trend that's happening where you're, you're starting to say, okay, um, the, our brand isn't really as strong as we think it is, right? The there's only so many brands in the world that can kind of have um, mind share, right? So everybody mm-hmm, knows mm-hmm. what Nike is, everybody knows what Apple is, everybody knows what Amazon right. is, right? There's only so many of those that we can really have. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how else do we get into kind of the hearts and the minds of people is through other people. And so I think you're yeah. going to start to see how, like you said, the personality, the authenticity, this idea of kind of being open and um, informal and sharing more is going to really become something that B2B brands um, lean into much more because mm-hmm. um, you kind of see how that trend's already happening in B2C. And usually B2B is kind of, you know, later to the game. It's usually kind of following what B2C um, yeah. companies <laughs> do. Yeah, B2B is always chasing numbers, chasing revenue, uh, going after like scaling when really B2B brands have the opportunity to go after like you know being very peopleistic right like very humanistic uh, that's why i think b2c companies stand out because it if you think about it right like they go after people people give you money if you go after money of course money will come you know and you 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 get the revenue you want but you will lose uh, the touch to actually establish a good you know human relationship with your customers or like yeah generally in, in 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 the in your space now that we're talking about brand how much of uh brand involvement happens in customer success i think you've done you're, you're also a, you know a director of brand at higher logic at one point yeah so there are like all these different umbrellas there is a there is a brand aspect there is a marketing element there is also sales there is customer success support so talk to, let's talk about the brand to customer support uh, you know internally as a team 
how how were you like kind of directing hey you represent us they are the face of yeah higher logic in a way right like there's the people who talk to other people so talk to me about uh brand being a cornerstone and how did you kind of you know involve cs leaders or in in your case like the support managers whoever it is at higher logic to really think about brand as well yeah so i think um you know, I think traditionally people might assume the brand, when we talk about brand, that um, it means the logo or the name mm-hmm. of the company or the colors. Mm-hmm. And those things certainly matter. Those are um, brand identity or visual representations of the brand. And okay. so, you know, as part of my role, we were updating some of those things, just they hadn't been updated in years. And so we wanted to freshen <laughs> those up. So that was naturally a part of those types of projects. But I think what you're getting to is the, um, are the other aspects of the brand that we wanted people to um, understand internally. And so we wanted sure. to build a project around it that was um, centered on, you know, um, kind of tone of voice and, mm. um, you know, how we want to come across kind of what's our internal story. How do we think about um, what we're doing as a company, not our mission, but how are we going about it? What are we doing? And right. um, what, are the, what are the personality, right? The personality, yep, personality of the brand. Yep. So I think mm-hmm. there's um, those aspects that we tried to tackle that were, um, really at the heart of trying to get everyone in the company to buy into this idea of showing a little bit of, of themselves, a little bit more of themselves, right? Just feeling comfortable that, hey, we want the brand to be represented through all of our teams and through our customers. We want it to feel like it's um, kind of a part of the the market, right? We don't want it to feel like, hey, we have this very controlled um, narrative and aspect and we have you know all these guidelines about how it's used and um, and whatnot. So we wanted to create a little bit of flexibility for people to um, to say, okay, hey, I understand um, kind of certain words that we want to use or certain terms that we want to come out with. So that's kind of the verbiage we want to we want to understand um, kind of our story or kind of what we're doing and how we're how we come across the tone of voice. You know, we wanted to um, come across with that authenticity. We wanted to let people say, hey, it's okay to. Um, you know, like you said, every once in a while, if you um, let a curse word slip, that's fine, right? Like, hey, that's, like you said, that's authentic. We don't want to be saying them left and right, but um, hey, be yourself on these calls, right? Like show a little bit of, of who you are um, because that's how we, you know, are represented. And so um, we rolled out a project that had um, parts of those aspects. And so we were able to kind of roll those out to teams, let them kind of understand what those things were and how they would use them, you know, like, some of our teams, um, maybe on engineering or products, you know, they're not with our customers all the time. So those types of things are um, aren't mm-hmm. as prevalent, you know. But but still, they you know want them to know. But like you said, on support teams or CS teams, onboarding um, services, like anybody that's customer facing, I think you know how do you take kind of what we're saying and doing and kind of apply it in your domain um, into your expertise. And so I think kind of giving people the space to say, okay. Um, which, which of these things do we need to really make sure and um, kind of hone in on? What do we need to be using? Um, and so, you know, the visual elements all, you know, that's easy for us to roll out because that's, you know, hey, everybody update these colors or decks or, you know, logos. Yeah. But um, the other aspect, like you said, that's a little more of, um, you know, the culture side. You got to, you know, we have to kind of let sure. that come over time. It's not just going to change overnight. But the more and more mm-hmm. that we can be, um, like you said, kind of open, inviting um, using right. the verbiage in internal meetings and that starts to come across in external meetings. And so yeah. uh, that's how we kind of approached it. I think it starts within, you know, first you have to change the culture within to even, uh, 
make a mark outside in the outside world right yeah. the 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 things you mentioned i really i liked it they should the cs leaders or whoever is involving who are customer facing should feel comfortable when you yourself as a leader saying those you know for example curse words is one of things or yeah. being very informal right being very informal being very human it starts from there uh one more question on the brand front what are the brand guidelines do you think uh you know teams should be to be companies should really have that that they can pass to these cx leaders because whether they their experience or support is do you do you have a set of brand guidelines for higher logic and you want to share with us yeah we do we have we do have a kind of a brand guideline that goes through all the the visual elements it goes through the brand or uh, it goes through the um tone sure. personality um so i think i think the two that stand out for for me are um tone so tone mm. is really about how we write and how we um uh, want to come across you know not only mm. that for marketing teams maybe that put together emails but i mean we want those things to come through in um anybody who's writing any content or any piece of um uh content or uh, any piece of emails you know uh, recording anything like so i think that one comes across that one to me is a big one just because mm. again you you kind of see how um over time brands tend to take on um kind of tones and kind sure. of values of really who the leader is um it's generally how it works and so unless you start to put something else into their um into kind of like the internal ecosystem and kind of give them other ideas and other things to think about then generally they're going to just mimic behavior that they see from leaders and um people above them and so i think you really need to be specific about hey when you're on you know calls with customers when we're writing things when we're thinking about content like you said mm -hmm. there can be some ways that we want to come across like we want to be right. um educated but not snobby we want to be mm -hmm. uh, you know informal but not inappropriate we want to be so you can kind of say here's what we want to be and here's what we not want to be and so i think like mm -hmm. those types of things come across in tone um and kind of how we you know write and then um i think the other thing is just the personality so like you know what are the what are the things that we would um want to see uh people say about our brand you know um and about our teams and about our people right like um things like do we have you know are we always with energy do we have um uh, you know, are we always helpful? Do we have, um, you know, uh, great events that we throw out? Like just there's there's some verbiage that people would like say right. about you and, and kind of, um, you know, make you feel a certain way. Mm. And so just thinking about those two, I think those are two things that I just think um, you can probably be talking about more internally that helps to sure. um, really set the tone of how we want to engage with customers, the prospects, the market, our partners, um, our teammates, like all that stuff can permeate through and so i think those two um kind of stand out to me and now that we're talking about content yeah for sure i think tone and personality they are like they play a massive role i think uh, the other thing is we should repeat these two probably like you know for the end of the time because it's not that easy to figure out it you know your tone in a day or two or, or yeah. in a month or two it's just something that you keep on working so that 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 allows me to ask this next question which is when you think about content right uh how much of that you know content role plays in in helping deliver great customer success like is there a method or 
a way you found really effective when you were doing content as well at higher logic or like suggested uh, six yeah. leaders to like you know where do they actually like you know find a better way to communicate yeah i think um i think trying to make your customer teams um really understand that they have valuable things to say and to um put out there i think is probably the first thing so you need to make sure mm-hmm. that you're um kind of cultivating the things that they're doing and mm-hmm. um hearing from other customers like the things that they're writing down like i think sometimes um customer teams might sit there and say well i'm not a content creator i'm not on marketing i don't know how to yeah, do that um, exactly i think you just i think trying to change that mindset a little bit because yeah, I, yeah didn't mean to stop you there but we live in a content world like left right yeah. center content 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 whether it is written or whether it is like you know text video audio like this podcast it's always like you know we're in this ocean of you know going back and forth so when the cx you know person they're already heavily involved in you know doing this human relationship building that bridge asking them to also rely on content or creating content can be like you know a little yeah. unfair right so I just so just want to understand like you know how you kind of laid down stones or connect content teams to cx you know uh, teams to uh, do a, do an effective job yeah um so yeah i think everybody on the customer team should be thinking about content um and what i what i mean by that is um you know if you're in onboarding there's probably best practices or things that you're sharing or learning over time about mm-hmm. what what customers who look great are doing you know um how are they actively engaged what types of um how are they setting up their teams what types of processes do they have mm-hmm. um and so just you know i think trying to get them to think you know hey if you hear a nugget if you hear, if anything right just kind of jot it down put it somewhere but um kind of no moment is too small right like let's just kind of think about those things and try and just document it in any way that we can because we can always come back to it right we can always kind of come and flush out an idea but i think trying to get them to think in that manner um especially for cs teams right generally mm-hmm. if i'm a csm i'm meeting with customers i'm hearing about the best practices or i'm showing best practices i'm hearing about things that they're doing that are successful or unsuccessful all that is such good content that we could be producing like you said it's really um you know we could build it in a voice and a tone that is very customer centric it's like hey this is you know this is another customer of ours this isn't a you know this isn't uh a 100% our best case study who's doing the most you know mm-hmm. best results it's really um these are the customers that are you know um doing things well enough and good and they're using our product in the right ways and like that's that's where we want to harness those stories from so mm. um i think a couple things but attending those like if it, csms have an internal meeting or any customer org like attending those meetings and just kind of giving them hey um here are some themes that we're trying to write about or content produce or we're looking for webinars around just trying mm. to put that bug in their ear number 2 is also just um making it easy on them right so hey um if you've already put together slides for a customer presentation or if you've put together um an email like we'll take anything and try and expand it in marketing right we'll try and build it out and try and, and try and add for you we'll try and kind of fill in the like the details the nitty-gritty you know i don't want people to feel like i'm i'm giving them a second job but mm. if they can help us kind of get started and not stare at a blank page sure. that's generally where there's like a really good um overlap um and then the third part is just um i think helping them understand that over time um 
helping them learn these types of skills. When you think about content creation, right? Like what are the skills that you really learn is um, you learn video skills and audio mm -hmm. skills. You learn um, about podcasting. You learn about how to write better. Um, all of those skills are transferable to any yeah. other career and any other job, any other company. Like those are things that are invaluable to go. Like I often tell people the most invaluable skill I've tried to better myself at. I've taken writing courses in the past year. I've taken copywriting. Mm. Um, I've just right. like, it's just something that, Hey, if I can write better emails, um, if I can craft better content, if I can create a better project kind of brief or overview, if I can convince people through writing, that's going to go with me for life. I can use that. So, um, anyways, those are a couple of ways that I think about it, but I just think that that's a very untapped resource. And I think sometimes mm. the customer yep. teams always feel like we're trying to give Absolutely. them a second job if we ask that, but there's always, there's always things that we'll pick up off the ground, so to speak. Like I'll, I'll take the scraps, anything that you have that you're making, like we'll take that and we'll make something out of it. I think, uh, just wanted to add what you said, uh, just like how community builders, if they, the community, community building, when it comes to like building, you know, product communities, right. Community builders have an eye or, uh, but they have this bird's eye view, like, Hey, what are people really want? <laughs> like what features are people talking about? Like, you know, uh, in the similar way, I think CX leaders and, you know, support leaders, when they interact with customers on a day-to-day -day basis, they really know what that's, you know, that's lacking or the, they see the gap. I feel uh, if CX leaders can rely on that and communicate that to content teams, that would make a massive, massive uh, leap of like, you know, creating high, high quality content, right? So just the way like community builders talk to the product teams and say, hey, probably this is the right feature to like chase in the roadmap uh same way i think you know, cx leaders can help build content calendars you know in a way yeah. uh, just the roadmap right so i love that uh let's talk about in you've done so much jeff so you've you've, you've involved you talked to so many people you saw you built customer success teams talk to me about some of the unconventional ways to do great customer success or support Oh, it's a great question. Um, um, I think just one thing that I've tried to think about, um, you know, I talk about scale all the time. Um, but I often also think about what are things that don't scale? Um, mm -hmm. And those are generally things that in the early days really get you um, thinking and going and, and kind of doing things that will stand out to your customers. So for instance, when we started our gang grow tank community, um, you know, what's one thing that I did every new member of our community, I went and found them on LinkedIn and I sent them a LinkedIn message and said, thank you for joining. So excited you're here. Right. And I went and did that for every single person, mm. for like the first thousand people. And somebody would say like, oh my gosh, like that's such a waste of time. But you know, what did that help me do in the early days? Is it kind of gave me that line of communication to them of, um, hey, right. you were on a call of ours. I'm really, I really appreciate you being there. Hey, you were on a podcast episode. That's awesome. Like we're, we're so appreciative, right? But those little nuggets helped me build some of those early champions because they felt connected to me. They felt like mm -hmm. there was real, um, you know, kind of true empathy and compassion from us of like, hey, this is, you know, we're grateful really, right? Like grateful kind of came through. So I think of just doing those things that, um, you know, when I think of things that scale or when I say the word scale is, um, I'm not thinking of, of things that are, um, 
you know, faceless and automated and for thousands or millions of people, right? I'm just thinking of how can I help CS teams go from engaging one-to-one customer to engaging 10 customers or 15 or 20 at a time, right? Like those are the things mm. that I think are going to help scale because um, those are, right? If I have a one-to-one meeting and now I have 10 people on a meeting, that's a 10x better uh, improvement, right? That we have operationally. Um, mm. And it, can I make sure the quality is still high enough that those customers still feel very valuable and they feel valued in that call and everything? Like, yes, mm-hmm. if I try and get one person, a one-on-one call to a thousand people, that starts to change the dynamic, right? That's a little different of what we're trying to do. So um, so I just think like that's that's the, my mindset has kind of where it's been and how I think about trying to help teams um, as they think about this is, you know, scaled customer success doesn't have to be impersonal. It doesn't have to be faceless. It doesn't have to be um, going to the furthest point. It's just how can I slowly but surely get one interaction to be 10 people, 15 people, 20, and just find where that spot is, right? Like where can I, where can I do something that is high quality that our customers feel is still valuable? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I'm getting some operational benefit and I get, um, you know, I get to see some, some greater metrics on our side. So, um, I didn't have a great answer there other than just trying to, to no, no. think in that way. I love that. I love that. I think, you know, just like product building, uh, you just have to find ways that are non-scalable. And the beautiful thing about what you said in your example is you're not just uh, opening a, opening up a channel with that particular person. You're also signaling constantly that I'm approachable. I'm approachable. I'm approachable, which is, I feel, is the most important thing for for any customer support leader or experience leader, right? Yeah. Is that they're approachable. They're not like rigid or they don't shut down. They are like very friendly. That's going back to our, you know, informal thing. Yeah. You should, you should, you should constantly signal that, Hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm approachable. I'm, I'm here to like, you know, listen yeah. to you and whatnot. I love that. Uh, talking about scale, talk to me about you build teams, right? Like, uh, beat marketing, beat brand, beat customer support, customer experience. So, how do you think in people in those roles should find or hire great talent? Like where should they go? What are the qualities that people look and that really work for you? Like, Hey, you know, in, in your experience at higher logic, these are, or when you're consulting, what, what do you suggested that people at, at the level of head of support, head of, you know, CX, yeah. they should rely on, you know, hiring or attracting great talent. Yeah, I think, um, so I think identifying, right? Like how, how are we going to um, scale the team, right? So just beyond the traditional CSM or support roles, like what do we really need? Um, so I think of kind of CS ops as the, as a bucket of, of, Hey, how do I go hire some great CS ops talent and thinking about mm-hmm. kind of two roles specifically on that side or just the kind of the technology side. So who's somebody that can help us um, kind of be a business analyst, connect systems and tools together, kind of understand the data flow. That's kind of mm-hmm. one role to think about. The second is kind of a data analyst. So who can help us analyze data, look into trends, mm-hmm. um, see what's happening, you know, between cohorts of customers. But like those two roles are starting to become more and more important, I think, on CS ops teams. Um, and then I think there's this another team that's starting to emerge, which is this idea of scaled customer success. And so... Right. Um, Usually we start seeing people hire um, what you would call a program manager or a customer marketer. So 
somebody who um, can wow. organize campaigns and put together content and kind of workflows um, that we that, you know that we send to customers for specific outcomes. And then the second role is a community manager, right? We see that um, whether we have a community platform or not, I think you're starting to see people hire that role, just like you mm. mentioned, because community can be um, events that we're hosting. It can be um, calls that we have or virtual calls, right? We can kind of have user groups. We can meet in different cities. Like there's mm. things that you can do um, without having to manage a platform. But I think we're starting to see that that role is emerging, especially as they start thinking about adding in you know, community platforms and other things. But so I think CSOps, mm -hmm. you know, kind of how do you have a business analyst and a data analyst? And then um, I think scaled customer success. So somebody kind of program manager or customer marketer, um, and then maybe a community manager. Those are definitely four roles that I'm just seeing um, around there. I love that. I think uh, so first time I'm, I'm hearing there is a customer program, right? Like yeah. I always, they're like, I always think, or the world where I came from, we have community programs. Like either it can be an ambassador program and our advocacy yeah. program in that case, or referral program. Those are all involving people and you build it. So talk to me about like, how should a, a startup or a business build customer programs? Like, do you have an examples, a set yeah. of examples that you want to share? Well, I think sometimes, right, what, what tends to happen is you have, um, You've got somebody, you've got different teams, right? That start to emerge. So you maybe have an onboarding or, or professional services. You have a CSM mm -hmm. team, you have a support team and they might have tools and systems that they're using and they have different ways to communicate or get things done with a customer. And it's very siloed, right? Like the onboarding team is um, looking at building project plans and sending that to customers. And, um, you know, they might do that in one tool and they might have um, certain mm -hmm. emails that they send and cadences you know, a CSM is doing something different, sports doing something. So I think of kind of a customer program manager as somebody who's looking across that horizontally. So putting mm. the customer first and saying, okay, how do we make sure that when we're sending these types of things to customers, it's, we know what's coming. We know the order of operations. We know who's it's, who it's being sent from, where it's being sent, right? Like the types of things that we're saying in there, how does the, the brand come across tone? Look, you know, like all those kinds of things. I think of somebody who's pulling that together, um, you know, again, I think far too often we kind of let those different teams um, just kind of get into their own tech stack and do their own things and send their own communications. And um, we want them to have that, but we need to build kind of frameworks and structure around it that says, okay, um, now we have a handle and we're really thinking customer first on these things. So I think of that's, that's the role that I see that um, kind of program manager playing. Um, mm. And I think of them as, as really being a, a big conduit for, um, making sure that we are building things that are cohesive. Um, mm. I think ultimately like that fits into community, right? Like many of those things um, or aspects, we should be driving them back to kind of a single place to go, a community or a hub. And so um, I think community over time starts to become kind of maybe how you centralize those things. But in the early days, I think that role is really important to um, just make sure that we're not kind of forgetting about that. Mm. And any mistakes people make when they, when they, bring a pro customer program manager uh where where do people generally tend to fail when they're uh hiring this person and involving in the teams where do they stumble uh that you see that you know people should avoid um i think i think trying to force something that's not there so i think um 
like you were, I think you were alluding to this earlier, right? Like we've got to listen to the customers in some cases, right? Like um, sometimes I think we, we think we know best. We think we know better. Um, and, you know, we need to be leading customers for sure. Like we need, we need to lead them. Um, but there's often times too, that we just need to make sure that we're receptive to feedback and that we can actually adjust um, mm. to the right feedback on the fly. And so um, I think sometimes if you try and force something, a program, a community, something, if you kind of force that into um, mm. something that it's not or something that you feel like, you know, you think you know best and the customer kind of comes back. And I, I think that's just where you start to see it kind of fall down is that you kind of ignore your customer's advice and you don't really make them feel included in that um, is generally where you start to see some somebody who um, or a program that might kind of fall down or fall short. Mm. Like that. Yeah, it should be, you know, kind of clear and open. This is a fun question. Uh, a lot of community builders, at least in my, my, my knowledge, are introverts. You know, if you think about it, uh, there, there are a set of extroverts, but at least the, the popular ones I know, David Spinks of the world or Ryan Hoover of the worlds, yeah, they're very introvertish, but they have this tendency to like, you know, attract people. In your opinion, uh, do you think CX leaders, support leaders uh, are introverts or extroverts? Um, I don't know. I think they, it's a good question. I think, I think maybe, um, I think maybe what drives them is a natural curiosity. Um, I, I think generally in those roles or people that you find that are leading those teams have kind of curiosities, right? Like they want to solve problems. They, um, they enjoy puzzles. They're trying to figure out, you know, intricacies or how things work. Like, I think generally mm -hmm. that's how, um, you think about those people. Um, but I think, you know, if I had to guess, maybe most of them are probably, um, kind of introverted extroverts, right? Like they can kind of turn it on. They can kind of, mm -hmm. um, you know, they can kind of be, um, in front of people and kind of be magnets, like you said, but I think probably most of them, you know, enjoy um, kind of solving problems behind the screen and, and kind of, you know, figuring things out on their own and kind of being um, kind of in their own space. So uh, right. if I had to guess, I think that's probably what, what I would say. <laughs> yeah. It's, you never know. It's a, it's a, it's a fun debate to like have probably like you should start like a, like a poll or something. Yeah. Yeah. LinkedIn. Talk to me about your uh, LinkedIn presence right you you you're one of the very active cx leaders out there who consistently put content out do you think and i see that that behavior in community leaders uh yeah community builders and leaders they they constantly kind of share their journey and whatnot do you see a pattern of doing you know the same with applies the same with cx leaders support leaders as well if yes how do they build a network uh, especially on LinkedIn. Yeah, I think um, I originally started, like we started posting on LinkedIn to um, help us uh, help us kind of put our thoughts down and out, right? We wanted to kind of attract people who maybe were going to be customers of ours when we were doing consulting. And so we wanted to put out our thoughts and kind of have a point of view that was mm. um, very distinct or specific so that we could kind of attract the people that we want to attract. And uh, kind of win business. So it started as that. And then I think mm -hmm. over time, um, it became something that I looked at as um, twofold. Like, I think writing something down forces you to sharpen an idea and it mm -hmm. feels, forces you to um, 
think about how you're articulating that um, to somebody, right? You don't have, um, I can espouse here. I talk a lot, like I'm fine kind of figuring out a roundabout way to get there. But when you write something down, you don't have that, right? You need a crisp, clean, clear kind of um, line of sight. So mm -hmm. that's one thing that it helps me with. Um, and I, I gravitated towards that. And the second thing is just the, um, the idea of consistently doing something, you know, I think in, mm. um, <clears throat> I think in a lot of our lives, especially mine, I'm a, I'm a, um, consistent person that likes to pick things up and then put them down. So, you know, um, I've, I've tended to find that for me, um, I need a, I need kind of a goal or I need something in mind to keep me on task and motivated and consistent. And so, um, you know, it became kind of a challenge of, can I grow, um, can I grow this over time? And it wasn't necessarily always like, can I grow this so that I get more, you know, followers? Um, mm -hmm. It was usually like, can I grow this so that I can um, see more people engaging with it? Like, does this idea resonate or not? You know, like now it's um, not a challenge to go quote unquote viral, right? But is it like, which one's performing better? Is it this type of content? Is it sure. this type of, is it this topic? Um, and how do I kind of get you know, good at that. It's kind of like grinding in the process behind the scenes, right? That's kind of the fun part for me. So those are, those are two things that I did, um, and, and think about, um, around that part. Yeah. Yeah. Totally on point. I feel, I like the word you said, it's not about gaining followers, right? It's about like, you know, bringing again, in a way of doing community, how can I attract more people to engage with this thought or an idea? That's why I yeah. think you should, you should all share more on social. Again, be mindful. I'm not saying you should go bonkers. Don't do that so that you burn out someday and, you know, come, come, come after me complaining like, hey, you said that. I'm doing. So <laughs> that's not the point. The point is yeah. to like share mindfully and attract the folks, you know, around your circle so that you all can debate or like, you know, piggyback. Yeah. Um, and improve your thought process. So. Jeff, this has been so amazing. I loved, loved, you know, it feels like you're, I know you like for a long time, the conversation wasn't, wasn't that difficult. It was like, you know, picking your brain and piggybacking yeah. and, and stuff. Uh, any, any, any closing thoughts that you want to share before we wrap up? Um, I think, you know, there's maybe two things that stand out. I think, um, you know, one kudos to you for kind of uh, starting this podcast and getting the ball rolling and trying to, um, I think it's going to help sharpen a lot of skills of yours over time. So I think just, you know, big kudos. I think it's, um, you know, I don't know what your metrics and things look at. I just know when I first started our podcast, it was like, we had like 10 listeners and then 20 listeners and you're, you're kind of like, is this worth it? Is it not? And you just mm. kind of forget that over time. And then you're just kind of yeah. like, Hey, if I go have interesting conversations with people, I, I mean, that's like the biggest benefit of all. So, um, mm. you know, kudos to you for that. And I think the second thing is just, um, you know, I think, what I've found great success in my career is just um, how can you be thinking about the business in um, kind of slightly different ways, right? Like not every mm -hmm. problem is your problem inside of a business, but if you have a unique way to think about it or an angle or something that you want to share, like, um, you know, really kind of let that curiosity uh, take you on. I think that's mm -hmm. um, benefited me a lot in my career. You know, I've kind of moved between marketing, customer success, brand, um, customer programs, like there's just a ton of things that I've been able to do. And I think, um, it's generally just from kind of natural curiosity and, and kind of feeling that out. So, uh, I'd say just, you know, tend to do that, uh, as you go and you're, uh, you'll be okay. Yeah. I love that. I think no better way to close that on that high note. Like, yeah, I, I, that's a great way to like end it. 
uh folks for listening yeah we're just getting started uh i'm i'm so excited to bring people like jeff experts like jeff to actually share their story their version of how to you know do great customer experience and customer support and in this case with uh using community as a lever right uh appreciate you all for tuning in stay tuned we have awesome awesome guests lined up uh and i'm excited to like you know bring them to you till then like stay hydrated and stay healthy awesome all right we'll see you soon